Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Caravans, campervans, motorhomes and more. It's the place to get hints, tips and impartial advice from the expert himself, Matt Sims. Brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. Join us on the journey with Motorhome Matt. Happy New Year and welcome along to our brand new Motorhome Matt podcast for 2023. I'm Keith Gooden. And I'm Matt Sims. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Matt. (laughs) Did you have a wonderful Christmas? It was great, thank you. Yeah, really good. Nice to have a break. Did you bring any stuffing balls? No, I always walk this way. Boom, boom! I tell you what, those those Christmas cracker jokes, they come in handy. Thank you, Eric Morgan, for that one. And thank also for you for listening. Thanks for your support. I shall wear it always. Boom, boom. There it is. Oh dear. Can someone buy Keith some new crackers, please? <laughs> it's 2023. That's nearly 25 past eight. Oh, very good. Here we go. Uh, thank you very much. Are we going to have this all year? <laughs> why, why not? <laughs> this, caravans, motorhomes, camping. What more could you ask for? Yeah. Let's dive into the news then, shall we, Matt? Tell me about the Manchester show. What yeah. is it and how do you get to see it? It's the Caravan and Motorhome Show coming up in Manchester. It runs from the 12th to the 15th of Jan. It's not far away now. Uh, the show is completely free to enter. It's on at Manchester Central, so right in the middle of Manchester. It's a fantastic show. And, of course, it's next door to the Destination Show, the holiday and travel show, which you get free access into as well. So you can get inspired for your travel destinations. And I am due to be speaking at that show in the Expert Theatre, so come and say hello. We have a stand there, of course. We're proudly partnering with Tottington Motor Company, uh, and we have a stand as part of their exhibit. Uh, So do come and say hi. We'll be there interviewing people, meeting people, uh, and come and say hello and join in the fun. Can you remind people about the dates then for this show? It is the 12th to the 15th of January in Manchester. So just a few days after this podcast is heard by you, so make sure you get your tickets. Is it easy to get tickets? Yeah, very easy. Just go to the caravanshows.com website and you can buy tickets there. Fantastic. Let's talk about the NEC February show as well. We were all at the big one, weren't they, uh, just last year. The February one, as you always say, is a little bit smaller, but still worth going to. And last year, after all the lockdowns and the pandemic and all the rest of it, uh, if people hadn't bought tickets in advance, they couldn't get in on the day. So we recommend you get your tickets in uh, in advance. But this podcast will give you a very special deal. It is. Tickets are reduced to £11.50 if you use the code MATT. M A double T, dead simple. Really? Not me, me, me. <laughs> Matt. No, just Matt. Yeah, yeah. Don't put Keith in because you'll get kicked out. <laughs> you get barred. So if you want to go to that February show at the NEC, when you go on to book your tickets, use the code Matt. And what do you get, Matt? You get a discount on the entry price. Fantastic. Worth having. So go to ccmshow.co.uk. This show is called the Caravan Camping and Motorhome Show. So it's ccmshow.co.uk where you can find out all about the show. Uh, and get your tickets. We'll be there again exhibiting. We have a stand. I'm also helping run the Campervan Advice Centre, uh, as well as being part of our own stand and interviewing and talking to lots of people. So it's going to be a busy week. It was fantastic uh, just last year when we uh, popped along. It's going to be fantastic again uh, this uh, February. So uh, use that code, Matt, M-A-T-T, and get yourself a discount on those tickets for the NEC February show. The podcast, of course, brought to you, as always, by thatleisureshop.com. And the January sale is underway at TLS. TLS, we like to call it, don't we? (laughs) TLS. Yes, what you call it. That Leisure Shop. You sound like Allied Carpets, mate. (laughs) It's always a sale. Sale in Saturday. (laughs) <laughs> which saturday though you didn't say <laughs> this sale doesn't end saturday though does it no it doesn't this sale's running all of january so it's our pre-season sale 
and there's some fantastic offers, as there always are, but lots of stuff is reduced. Some of it's end of line, so there's a few clearance items, and we've got some new products in as well, which are on early offer too. So go to thatleisureshop.com and find out more. Thatleisureshop.com sponsors the podcast. Uh, thank you very much for sponsoring the podcast, and the January sale is underway now at thatleisureshop.com. Get online now and get yourself some bargains. Okay, let's get into the main meat of this podcast, shall we, Matt? Accessible motorhomes. Yeah, indeed. We get lots of inquiries at the Motorhome Holiday Company, which is our hire business, from people who want to hire an adapted motorhome. So they either want a wide entrance door to accept a wheelchair, steering controls, or even modifications inside to the living space and we don't offer anything like that in fact they're very very hard to come by it's not something you can buy from a motorhome manufacturer it's a specialist product and of course they're very expensive to have converted typically as is the way with any adapted motorhome and so it's not something that we're able to offer but there is an exception in the UK if you're looking to buy a motorhome that's got specialist adaptation it's a company called coach built gb and they've been doing this for years and i spoke to kate who's been running this company for many years and is a real expert in motorhome modifications and we caught up with kate at the nec motorhome show and tried to discover a little bit more about the business we're the um leading manufacturer for wheelchair accessible motorhomes and caravans and camper vans so we take standard motorhomes caravans and camper vans and we make them wheelchair accessible so we adapt them all for our individuals customers needs which obviously guarantees that they've got their home from home with them as we all like and what you're doing is really quite specialist and niche isn't it correct yeah you're changing people's lives yeah well this industry is so amazing the outdoors kind of is here with us isn't it and we yeah. can we can we can really embrace it when we've got everything we need with us so for our customers it's really important that they've got the confidence to be able to pack everything they've got everything they need the, the layout works for them um, and obviously we know that the, the outdoor life works for everybody because we all it enjoy does. it yeah. yeah aren't motorhomes expensive enough already and particularly if you you know you're probably on a restricted income if, if uh, you're uh, not able-bodied so how can people possibly afford this well there's a couple of things that help to be able to purchase certainly things like motorhomes there's um VAT zero rating is a is quite an important aspect to when you buy a new motorhome. Bear in mind you can only do it once every three years, um, but that VAT zero rating will allow an individual to. Uh, it subsidises the adaptations that you may need to have, such as a wide door and lift to be able to access the motorhome with a wheelchair. So, so the VAT will zero rating assists with that. The reality of that yeah. is a seventy-two thousand pound motorhome. Yeah zero rated costs £60,000 to the customer doesn't it? It does but you've got to have the wheelchair and you've got to have the permanent and substantial adaptations um, so that obviously qualify for that zero rating. And who makes that decision about permanent and substantial? Well it's ultimately the HMRC but um, we've got a really really good knowledge of of, of what actually needs to be done. Uh, For us the staple diet of, uh, of, 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 of need is certainly the wide door having a wide door and a lift and that allows the individual to be able to enter and use and enter and travel within the vehicle. Now as you're saying that we're watching somebody use one of your adaptations can you just describe what's happening here? So 
The lift's designed to make stepless entry into our motorhomes. Um, so it's a cassette that slide, that's actually fitted to the underside of the vehicle. You press a nice remote control, it slides out, drops to the floor, you can get onto the lift and it lifts you straight up nice to the, to the same height as the deck. Nice and easy. And it's very substantial. So a lady who is in a wheelchair has just come out and then I think her... Uh her husband has now come off. They were the first in today. This couple here, incidentally, were the first through the doors uh, really? when they opened this morning at 10 a.m. So what did you think of it then? Amazing. Really, really amazing. And not just for me, but also for other people I know that are worse than me. So you're in a wheelchair and you're saying it's the best adapted vehicle you've ever come across? It is. It is. It's very, very well done. You've got uh, facilities the the wet room area is fantastic you can adapt your bedding very impressed are you in the market for something like this because we were just talking about financing it and 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 you, you can you can get the vat you don't have to pay the vat if you have the adaptation but even so with that is it something which is within budget it's something that we could seriously consider certainly yes well, well, you heard that from uh, the first person through the door today. Right. So uh, given that, given what we've just seen, mm -hmm. is this a game changer for people with, 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 with motorhomes rather than making their own ramps, which you, know, you can fall yeah. off the edge of? It absolutely is. It's all about confidence, safety, um, innovation. They are important bits of kit and it's important to have these things done properly and also feel like quality and that you would naturally expect from, you know, a motorhome you know we're not we don't do anything we don't change any um, aesthetics or any of the, the key features that you expect from a standard motorhome we just make it wheelchair accessible so in the old days you used to just fit a handle a fiamma yeah. handle to get you know to help you get in maybe fit a slightly adapted bike rack put a blue chair sticker on the back yeah that's enough to get the vat off? Not at all, because they're not permanent and they're not substantial. Now, you see, the thing is, you're looking at me, yeah. but I, I've got a disabled parking badge because yeah. uh, I've got two club feet from childhood, lots of operations, and now mm. as I get older, yeah. um, my bones are starting to fuse. So I can't walk as fast as, so, or, or as far as, uh, yeah. as somebody else, but I'm considered to have a disability yeah. in kind, but I'm not substantially disabled enough, for instance, to qualify for these adaptations. The key words are habitual wheelchair use. So you've got to use, it's not necessarily the, the best way of putting it, but it's quite clear, you've got to use the wheelchair as a habit, as, 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 a, as a way of being able to enter and use the vehicle. If you can step in, you don't need the permanent substantial adaptations, so you don't need the VAT zero rated. But if you are... Uh, you, you can't access the motorhome because you need to access it using a wheelchair that's when that plays in so we're going to go and look at this amazing motorhome in a minute but I just want to ask one more question yeah. about the VAT thing yeah. so my mother-in-law is in a wheelchair uh -huh. and she's not <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> example yeah. she's in a wheelchair and, but can I not just buy it in her name and you know I want a cheap motorhome it would need to be permanent and substantially modified you could have it in, in, in her, her name, but she's only able to buy one vehicle every three years. Okay. So you're going to use that relief up for something that she may need. She may need a, 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 an I, automotive. I, I, I've no plan on taking her with me. <laughs> right, okay. Well, you want a cheap motorhome. No. So the answer is, is we've got to, it, it's really for the people that it's intended, it's I, intended for. I yeah. know that, Yeah. but I know people who've done this. Yeah. 
and I know I've, I know lots of people who've done this yeah and they've saved a lot of course you do yeah and I mean the rules have just got much more strict haven't they yeah and in my opinion rightfully so um, it, it means that it's that the qualifying people are actually benefiting from something that is is really thought about and intended for them yeah and it's 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 a good way of encouraging people to use motorhome you know to use a motorhome as a wheelchair user we're here to embrace them um, but in the past it abused. was abused and um, and 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 these ramps and clamps was the old the old saying um, I think the whole industry has kind of come on board with the fact that um, that can't be abused anymore. The HMRC have really tightened up on it. And if you want it done properly, um, there's a certain way of doing it. And, and, and we're here to help and to give all the advice that anybody would ever need to make sure that, you know, these things are, 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 are properly adhered to. And is it still the case, Kate, that when you sell the motorhome, you're not allowed to make a profit on it? Is that true? Uh, no, well, it's, no, it's not true. Right. When they come back, they come back as under the same second-hand margin scheme as, as any other any other vehicle. But the, the one in three-year rule is what stops you from making profit on on a vehicle because you've obviously got to hold on to it for three years because you can't sell it. But, but they've gone up. They've gone up in price. Yeah, well, that's the same with, with anything. If you if you even if you bought it at twenty percent and they've gone up in price, you could sell it and maybe make a, a profit at the minute. Okay. But but it's not you you can't buy another one. So Matt, why can't non-able-bodied people make a profit if they buy a motorhome like anybody else adapted or not well they obviously can (laughs) (laughs) just a quick one i've got a motorhome i want to bring it along and i want you to adapt it is that what you do we can do that as well it's got to be feasible i'll look at the practicality of the actual design because sometimes it's easier to buy a new one and have one that only needs minimal adaptations than trying to fit a square peg in a round hole best way of putting it so there's some things that you know you don't want to pay us to move a kitchen because we we, we need to to make it wheelchair accessible when we could buy a motor home that's already got the kitchen in the, the right, right place yeah. yeah yeah right layout is always key that's the best that's the, the first and are, place and to are there certain models that are and makes indeed which are more appropriate to what you do yeah we have a we have a good range of, of motorhomes and caravans to choose from but we really do hone in on a few models that are the most cost effective offer the right level of specification give our customers choice we like to be able to for them to fall in love with the caravan or motorhome that they order really align ourselves with the swift group because i think they're very forward thinking they have a great range of vehicles they're very modern and um and they're really good at kind of embracing our customer and saying hey our products are for so- you too people should speak to you before they make that first purchase definitely nothing worse than somebody showing up and i have to say i'm sorry that caravan can't be made wheelchair accessible yeah yeah and the thing is of course is you know because you can't get around or you're 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 a wheelchair user there's no reason why you shouldn't live your life just as freely as anybody else enjoying motorhoming you shouldn't have a second class product should you and 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 the vat off it just helps you helps to make it affordable so this attitude that somehow disabled people you know second class citizens you know that, that, that's not on is it not at all i mean most of our customers are most inspiring adventurous um, they've got a really good attitude to to this kind of life they really do embrace it and also as well they want to feel in part of the industry and, and, and don't we all don't yeah. we all want to feel like we belong well, that's what we're here to do and they should have a choice of a, an amazing range of vehicles we all have a, a choice so that's what we do is we give them the opportunity you were talking about funding this and how that happens now for some people they could have a life-changing accident that means they're wheelchair bound all of a sudden and a lot of the funding is from insurance companies isn't it yeah i mean i think when you have a, a catastrophic injury you do spend a little time going well what, how am i going to travel moving forward there are people out there that kind of give advice on what you need to do and and, and certainly as we've been developing our business motorhoming and caravan is 
come to the forefront of people making decisions about their future travel plans and um, and it's quite an important thing to, to think about it's also quite exciting for somebody who may have never motorhomed or caravan before and they've got this opportunity to travel and kind of have a bit of restorative um, independence um, even when their life has potentially changed and it's a bespoke product as, yeah. as well it, like I said it's not a second class product yeah. you're not making compromises you and your company are making sure the people who in a wheelchair are experiencing what everybody else experiences yeah you want to enjoy your product you want to be able to spend the money and think wow I've got something that I'm really proud of and that's what we do yeah, yeah. well you and Matt are going to go inside so I'm going to hand in my, my, my gubbins all right okay. so because there's not going to have three of us around in there I'll probably fall out the door anyway ramp or no ramp it's plenty big enough <laughs> come on Kate let's go inside Please. so the first thing Kate it's very obvious obviously yeah. the lift yeah. and we've got a very wide door that's the first adaptation you've done I guess isn't it to the motor yeah definitely it just makes everything so much easier you get the door out and you can actually see what kind of space and turning circle that we can get um, in the yeah. motorhome yeah. and the first impression when you come in it's massive in here the amount of space this is where we would a wheelchair user would um, tie their chair down and it's called a wheelchair restraint system so you see these right. dots on the floor they have clips that will allow the wheelchair to um, tie down to the floor and travel from the wheelchair so for, for a lot of people that's really quite important it saves getting out the chair to move into a seat okay. if they don't need to so so this space is obviously the lounge table goes up but wheelchair restraint system as well for um, and here we are looking at the motor but you adapt the driving position too you do steering wheel controls yeah. full adaptation of the chassis as well don't you yeah so we do um we can do drive from um, wheelchair so somebody can come in in their wheelchair um automatically dock in with their wheelchair and then drive we also do hand controls that's where we um override the pedals on the floor and you can actually drive with accelerator and brake yeah and they're the most they're the, that's the most common thing for our, our customers to use obviously naturally the chairs will swivel which always helps with transferring in for anybody and they can turn the seat round if they just you know they want to travel from this seat but there's lots of options available for and you have a customer at the moment who's never traveled anywhere other than in an ambulance correct yeah she's got um, a respiratory condition that means she has to be almost like full-time life support so it was really important for us to have a vehicle that she she has to lie down like she would in an ambulance but she can be on oxygen and she has she can have medical intervention while she's driving um but for her she's a really big music lover so she could go to festivals be the first festival she's ever been to what does that mean for her well it's just her life's just changed hasn't it it's 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 gone from being quite restricted and everything has to be planned and unorganized to a little to the freedom that she would Everybody should have, right? Everybody should have that opportunity to be able to, you know, um, push and go to the, and embrace the things that they like to do. For her, it's music. could be anything else. That is incredible. Yeah, it's really incredible. incredible. So talk us through the rest of this motorhome. Yeah. This has got a slide <laughs> out. This is a Swift Contiki. Yeah. So this is, um, there's a couple of key things in here. First thing is from the wheelchair restraint system at the front, we've got a hoist that comes all the way down. All through the middle of the van. So this lifts the person that needs to and it will t travel them without the wheelchair to any bit of furniture. So over to the toilet and over to the bed. This stops any carers having to lift or worry about um, breaking, you know, hurting themselves with, with carrying an individual. It's also very comfortable and good for moving and handling. So hang on, does this run on 12 volt? Yes. So it's Oh, this is manual, this it rolls. This, this, this has got, this, man, this is manual. We do do them with them um, that, that are motorized and this is a 12 volt system so when you hover over it that's amazing clever right i'll get this out your face <laughs> so if a customer came to you and they didn't need the mobility bit 
they just wanted the slide out. Yeah. Is that something you'd entertain? Yeah, we we can do it. It's not a problem. There's a lot of ve- there's a lot of manufactured vehicles out there that aren't compatible with slide outs, but there are a really good few that are. I realise I'm stood here. I'm actually stood in the bathroom. There's no door, is it? Well, there is oh. a door. So there's Constantine a door. But then also as well, when you need that extra space for showering, um, if you've got a shower chair or something, you can open it up and you'll see that our wet room is extended out. So the whole back of the motorhome is a wet room? It can become a wet room. But we don't want it to be the main feature of the van because it's, you know, you only use it probably for 10% of your day. So there's a screen that will also pull around here that creates a nice private area when it's needed, but it also folds away and obviously closes in when you don't. This must be liberating for so many people that have not been able to motorhome and with your help they can. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. It's amazing. And what did you do before you were doing adapting motorhomes? Well, we, we actually originally were... Uh, well, some of the directors were from um, Avondale Coachcraft. So a lot of our skill base is from a coach building um, um, skill set. Before that, I was in a, a completely different innovative business between the two, myself and the fellow director we started it. We saw a need. We saw a real kind of niche within the industry. And, and having been in the motor, uh, motor and caravan industry, um, Jeff, um, he was he's the fellow director, he really did see that there was a whole market out there of people that couldn't be embraced by it. So it was a perfect opportunity for us to start something that meant something. Well, (laughs) you certainly have. And I love that. Started something that meant something. I can imagine the impact you have on people's lives is phenomenal. I take my hat off to you, Kate. And just that lady earlier, she was wowed by it. And uh, I hope you find many other people that you can help this week. Thanks for taking the time. So that was Kate from Coachbuilt GB. Now, I was there when you did that interview, Matt, and I must say, one of the customers uh, that we were talking to as well uh, around that stand uh, was a a lady in a wheelchair who was the first through the door on that day. (laughs) I remember interviewing her, uh, and she said to me afterwards, the conversions were absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. But I think people need to realise, don't they, it's not just about wheelchairs. There's lots of disabilities. Of course. And lots of adaptations that can be made, and they're not all hugely expensive. Coachbuilt GB do a fantastic uh, product for people who need wheelchair access mm. it's not always about wheelchairs is it no of course not and 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 this is why in, in as a higher business it's kind of impossible to cater for the right needs because there are so many it becomes cost prohibitive to run a fleet for motorhome hire which is really unfortunate because there are so many people that have limited mobility in some capacity or a disability of some sort that would love to be able to go off driving their own motorhome on a holiday and it's you know it's almost impossible to to facilitate that i did a big google before we recorded this trying to find you know genuine hire operators that offer a, an adapted motorhome i found a couple on some listing sites it was people that had had the motorhome door widened to allow a wheelchair to fit in and there were some adaptations to accessibility, like a step, an electronic step, like we saw uh, on Coachbuilt GB stand. And, but they were privately owned and you know, a very small operator. And one I, I tried to ring and I couldn't get through. So it really is, if you're in the market to, to hire a motorhome that has been adapted, it is just Googling it. Unfortunately, Coachbuilt GB don't offer hire anymore. They used to years ago, but they don't now. But it is just a case of Googling and see what's out there. And, and hopefully this year, more motorhomes with specialist modifications will come on the market. Um, you know, often they're people who who have them for their own needs and they're prepared to rent them out. 
Yeah, it's important uh, not to patronise disabled people. They're citizens like the rest of us. Absolutely. They happen to have a disability. Uh, they're not fully able-bodied, which is a nasty expression, but a lot of people understand it, which is why I use it. How comes the manufacturers aren't supplying an option for motorhomes or caravans which have been adapted at the point of manufacture? It's a very good question and one I've asked before. I guess it's just about the numbers. You know, they're just a, it's a minority of people that would order a motorhome. You know, you take a thousand people that want a motorhome um, and there's pr- probably, you know, maybe one has a need for an adaptation, probably less for whatever reason. So it, I think it's just the, about the commerciality of it. You say that, but do you not think it could be also be that people uh, with disabilities, say not wheelchair users, uh, just put up with it and make their own adaptations because it isn't available for the manufacturers. Is it something, do you think the manufacturers need to look at or, or, or is it okay going the way we're going? Manufacturers have looked at this before. I recall that Adria partnered with a company that were adapting a caravan and it just didn't get the take up. You know, it just it just didn't become commercially viable. And, you know, that's the problem, isn't it? If it's not commercially viable, it's just not going to happen. You know, it's been explored in the past. Um, I think if you're making your own adaptations to a vehicle, then, you know, tell us, show us, send us a video clip of it. We'd love to see it. Uh, and I would love to talk to a manufacturer about it. Uh, I'm sure there are manufacturers open to the conversation. But I think it's also about an understanding as well, understanding that market, because it, it would be considered a unique market. You know, a motorhome going into production in some kind of quantity that makes it viable. Trying to generalise the adaptation is very difficult. Yeah, we have to keep that in mind. You know, the companies are there to make a profit, not yeah. to make a loss. And they can't be uh, supplying something which then makes them a loss because they have employees, which they have to keep on people's jobs and all the rest of it. So we do have to accept that. But it's an interesting subject. And, like, and like Matt says, you know, if this affects you, if this is something that you've done, your own adaptations, uh, maybe you're not uh, in a wheelchair, but you are disabled in some way, we really want to hear from you on this one because it's, it's a it's a very interesting subject isn't it Matt? it is and and remember if you've got a motorhome and you're not able to make the you know the adaptations yourself then go to a company like Coachbuilt gb kate and the team are so approachable and this is exactly what they do in fact i was fascinated that they would make the adaptation of the slide out to any motorhome well that's a game changer you know for an able-bodied person that wants a slide out on their motorhome you know a slide is amazing. I mean, I've had American motorhomes with multiple slide outs, transforms the internal space. And I didn't realise that they would do that. So if you want a motorhome modified in some way, and you're not confident to undertake it yourself, and of course, many modifications need specialist skill, tools and know-how, then a company like Coachbuilt GB are definitely the go-to. Fascinating stuff. Thanks very much, Matt, and a great interview as well. Let's go to our audience Q&A now, uh, shall we? Jamie has gone on to ask Matt and asked a question. Can you park up anywhere in a motorhome overnight and then leave the next morning? So that's Jamie. He left his question on Ask Matt, as indeed, can you? Can you park up anywhere in a motorhome? This is our number one social media contribution i reckon we did an episode on wild camping and we called it that deliberately i know that parking up in your motorhome is not camping i know it's not wild camping it's the term that people use for it 
And so we jumped on it so people would recognise it. And it's the term people search, especially people that are, are new to motorhoming who are looking to learn what you can and can't do. Can you park up anywhere in a motorhome? No, you can't, Jamie. You need to have permission, either by virtue of the fact there isn't a sign there that says no overnight stopping, or you need to have express permission from the landowner. Now, if you Google this, you Google lorry drivers and where they can and can't stop, there are rules for them on parking in a lay-by or on the highway, you know, just to sleep in their cab. Potentially, you could just park up in your motorhome and sleep in it. You know, just draw the blinds, it looks parked, and there are guidelines and some rules around this. It's not illegal unless you're asked to move on, and then it becomes a trespass offence. But I would definitely... Do some research into this if there's a specific location that you want to go to. If you're parked up, you're not causing a hazard, you're not blocking the highway, you're not breaking any rule, any obvious rule, i.e. parked under a sign that says no overnight stopping, then probably you're going to be fine. You start setting up camp, i.e. getting your table and chairs out and your barbecue and putting the awning out, you've then set up an encampment that's very different and there are very strict rules around what you can and can't do then. So the answer, Jamie, is you can't park anywhere. (laughs) Well, sort of. You kind of could. Listen to our wild camping episode. It is our most popular episode. Uh, Definitely. And if you look on social media, particularly Facebook, there's a stream of people commenting and arguing with each other, some just discussing it, some getting a bit heated. I have to say, sadly, we have removed a few comments and blocked a few others. Uh, But if you're able to get on that post, Jamie, because you're not one of the people that we've blocked, because we won't tolerate any insults or rudeness from one to another, that's not on uh, but go and read the comments they are fascinating the password is be nice <laughs> that's the one yeah. barry and pevensey's got in charge why doesn't the government change the legislation he says on the silly his words three and a half ton license limit and help instead of hindering the motorhome industry yeah. change it to a four and a half tons amen yeah i agree there was a petition for doing this that went to government concluded in october And do you know what? Only 2,108 people signed it. It's just not enough. It has to get to 10,000, doesn't it, to go to Parliament? You know, if you're listening and you want to start a new petition, I have considered it, and I might do this year, but to actually petition government to raise that gross weight limit. Of course, if the vehicle is all electric, it it is permitted to be four and a quarter tonnes, 4,250. That rule already exists for electric van drivers, and they often have to undergo some basic training But that rule already exists for electric vehicles. Certainly people have campaigned for it for a long time. I think and I suspect with the dawn of electrification of the donor vehicle, then probably the rules won't change because they are imminently coming in the next decade. And I can imagine that Parliament just won't debate it. I could be wrong. Call me a cynic. But maybe because the rules have been changed, maybe that will prompt it. Maybe it will. You know, they say, well, if it's all electric, you can drive four and a quarter tonnes. Why can't you drive it if it's diesel or petrol? So maybe, you know, conversely, maybe there will be a change to the rule. It would make life so much easier and, frankly, make people legal and safe on the roads if the gross weight could be higher. 
There you go, Barry in Pevensey, and thanks for telling us uh, where you live. It's always nice to know. And if you do uh, put a question on on Ask Matt, uh, whether it's written or you record something, uh, always your name and always where you are, because we like to know where you're asking those questions from. Where is Pevensey? It's Wales, isn't it? Is it? Uh, let's Google it, shall we? I've never heard let's of it. Let's get an expert to tell us. I think Maddie? we have an expert. <laughs> Hang on, we need the boss. Where is Pevensey? East Sussex. There we are, East Sussex. I told you, that's East Sussex, Wales. There you See? <laughs> Thanks, Maddie. Thanks, there we are. Thanks, Thanks Barry. Barry. Thanks, Barry. <laughs> always uh, put your name and always put where you're from, even though I don't know where it is. Shazad's in Birmingham. I have a dream to get a motorhome one day. Is it easy to use them and to travel across Europe, especially after Brexit? That We have this question again quite often. Yeah, we do. They are really easy to use in Europe. Arguably, stopping over in, in Europe is easier than here in the UK. We talk about airs, so these are the often municipal-run, council-run campsites, if you like. They're stopovers. You're not allowed to get your awning and your table and chairs out. It's a place you can stop usually securely and often with a beautiful view. Uh, and they're often free or very, very cheap. You know, maybe a few euros to spend the night. I know people that have had months of holidays staying in airs. <laughs> Never been on a campsite. Literally a year. I, a friend of mine did it seven years ago now. It is it spent an entire year travelling from air to air in France and Spain. Had a whale of a time. Didn't spend a penny. So, as you say, arguably easier than it is here. And, and we were talking about the, the question there from Barry in Pevensey, which is near Wales, of course, uh, where uh, he was talking about the change in, in the licences. And then Jamie, who started off by saying, can we park up anywhere? And we said no. On the continent, parking well, yeah. up anywhere is easier. It is a lot easier. Yeah, I would always encourage people to avoid the motorways, the big main roads there's lots of stories of people getting gassed you know made to sleep into a deep sleep and then being robbed i have met someone to whom that has happened it's true it's not just old wives tales it's horrible to hear someone's tale of this happening to them so and it happened to them on a main road in a services so i would say if you are going to travel on the continent i would head off the motorway into a village and find an airs or somewhere safe and secure to park there the other thing to remember of course since brexit um shazad mentions brexit there's the 90 day limit you can only be out of the country for 90 days you have to be back in the uk if you're a british citizen that's 19 every 180 isn't it that's correct yeah thank you for clarifying yeah that's true which is a real pain if you're looking to do a long-term trip uh, guys in hemel hempstead first part of his question was about wi-fi but we did deal with that in a previous we episode did. but a guy went on to say we intend to spend summers touring again around europe so aircon may be a good idea depends where you go guy if you go to spain i'd recommend it what is your advice on the pros and cons of buying air conditioning i've seen ones that go in the roof and also the under bench ones mm. what are the pros of each any advice you could give would be great Keep up the good work, he says, with the podcast. Both my wife and I eagerly devour the latest episode as soon as it comes onto its feed. Who's your favourite, me or him? I love that. They devour us as soon as we feed them. It's Christmas all over again. (laughs) Yeah, brilliant. Guy, thank you. We love having your support. It's been so good to get so many encouraging messages, isn't it? Hence, we're still here, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a year on in now, isn't it? I know, it's incredible. Well, there we are. They said it wouldn't last. No, we peaked early. (laughs) Well, air con. So, yeah, Guy, you are right. The the big pro and con for me is obviously keeping cool when it's hot. One of the ironies of this, of course, is an air con can draw quite a lot of power. And then the places you need it, 
you go on the campsite where it's really hot, particularly southern France, they often only give you a five amp supply, which just isn't enough to run the aircon. Really? Because they run on power. I didn't know that. Yeah. Just five amps. The French are tight with their Yeah, if you don't know your electricity, we get out of the wall in our homes in the UK 13 amps. It's Correct. The current. Yeah. Five amp, it, you know, and usually off- runs a television or something. Yeah, an aircon unit will draw maybe eight or ten amps. Uh, at 240 volts so in the places you need it you can't use it i mean this has been my own first-hand experience in southern france and northern spain you turn the aircon on bang trip the campsite out it just won't work so it's i find it a bit ironic whereas in this country often the campsites are 10 or 15 amp supply on that blue plug uh, it's the same blue plug often in France, but it's just lower rated. Uh, and it works fine. And it's pouring with rain and 10 degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> Have I mentioned this before? When you, what's, what's the one thing you, you'd never see when you go to America? Electric kettles, because they only get 120 volts oh, yeah. and fewer amps out of the wall. That's true. And, and it won't boil, boil the water. You have to hang around for ages before the water gets yeah. boiled. So in this country, when we get that 13 amps out of the wall, you know, we're very well served. And, it's, and we are. Do yeah. your research before you go. Yeah, absolutely. The other compromise with an aircon is the potential to lose your daylight in the motorhome or caravan itself there are units that will sit on the roof and there's a roof light built into it so they kind of sit behind the the roof window they often cost a little bit more cost is a is a reason for not doing it as well you know they're not cheap they are you're looking at a couple of thousand pounds to to purchase and then have fitted Uh, and of course the other one is payload they weigh quite a bit so it's going to impact what you can what you can carry yeah, they, you tend to have to fill them up with water, don't you? Or they, or they need a water source. No, no, oh, no, no. That's you're talking about a cooling unit. So that's the other suggestion I was going to make. Mm-hmm. So an air con unit conditions the air, so it will it will suck the air from the vehicle, condition it, and blow it back into the vehicle. So there's a coolant in it, sure, uh, but it's not when you top up. We sell a unit called Total Cool, and these you pour water into, and we put an ice block in the back as well. And all they do is really simple. They are 12 volt. 24 volt, 110 volt, or 240 volt. Really clever. They just draw air in the back, blow it through the water, and then blow you a chilled air that's cooled by the water. People say, well, they blow extra humidity into the van. They do, but just crack a window open and you know you soon fix that. I find them really, really effective. I love them. They We use them in the summer to cool the shop. And they're a much cheaper alternative, but of course they're not air conditioning units. They're air cooling units. So when Guy says he wants to tour Europe, and I mentioned joking, it depends where you're going. Mm. We have mentioned this in a previous podcast. If you go into the south of Spain, you're in a metal box, aren't you? You do really have to be thinking about how you're going to keep cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you need to plan and you know, do prepare for that. So keeping blinds closed during the day, just common sense, really. Mm. Craving shade when you don't have any. Oh, gosh, it's horrible. Yeah, that's where an awning on the outside is a, is an absolute gift because you just you know you just want to get out of the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, there are only so many trees you can park next to. And don't forget, all supermarkets, even in this country, all sell bagged ice now. And don't say I'm not going to buy bagged ice because it's, it's it costs a pound. If you're in a, if you're in a hot uh, environment, uh, yeah. a bit of ice and drinks and stuff like that will cool you down. I know it sounds really simple and stupid, but if you're sitting there, as you say, and you know the kids are hot and they're crying and they're moaning, uh, maybe you're feeling a bit dizzy because you know it's it's at least 33 degrees yeah. you've got to plan ahead haven't you? i remember a fridge a condenser fridge is not going to work very well when it's very hot compressor fridges they become a much more recent trend uh, they're great in the, in the in the heat but 
a, a traditional condenser fridge won't function at all at that kind of heat. Good advice. That's why he's the expert. Thanks, Guy, from Hemel Hempstead. We really appreciate it. If you want to get in touch, what should people do, Matt? You can go to the website motorhomemat.co.uk where you can leave us a message. You can actually record it. So forward slash ask Matt, hit the orange button, record your message, tell us your name, where you're from, tell us your message and hit submit. Or you can fill in the form and press send. And on the website while you're there, you'll find all the places that you can listen to and watch the podcast. Just search Motorhome Matt online as well and you'll find us. Thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com. Motorhome Matt.